Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Teresa? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, so it's been a while since I have been around to do a Bookworms episode. I think it's been like two months. <laughs> it has been a little while, but it's it's awesome to have you back. I think you've done like, I don't know, it feels like four or five episodes without me. I feel really bad too, by the way. Say no, it <laughs> it's okay. It's no big deal. We had some we had some good guests on, and uh, you know had some we got through some of the comic episodes that we needed to get through. So it's true. We made up some good ground on the comics. So, but now we're we're gonna cover a book. So it's time for you to come back. Exactly. Come back I, to us, at, Teresa, please. At the very least, I will always be here for the books. <laughs> at least until things calm down a little bit, but. There is something else coming very soon as we record this, and then as it's released, it will be kind of after the fact. But we've talked about uh, doing a certain version of our show before. I'm not sure if you remember what version I'm talking about, but um, the universe is expanding for Harry Potter, <laughs> like tonight as we record. And I get to see the movie tonight, and I'm really excited. But uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And you have gotten really into Harry Potter recently. I have gotten so, into Harry Potter more, more so than previously. I was into it, but just through the movies. Now I'm like trying to read the books, and I'm even reading the like the other books, like the Tales of Beetle the Bard and all that stuff. Like I'm getting into, I'm getting deep into it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much so that I believe didn't you buy a Harry Potter shirt or something? Did I see that right? I have a Fantastic Beast shirt. Well, it counts. Which is everything. part of the Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. What's the What's the official name of like the universe of Harry Potter? Harry Potter. No, there's got yeah, Isn't no, it called like the Wizarding not. World? No, that's what the parks are called. <laughs> I thought we I actually, saw somewhere that was referred to as like like Fantastic Beasts is part of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I mean, but. I guess, but your average and or not your average, but your your Harry Potter fans, your Potterheads just call everything Harry Potter. So it's, yes, of course, it's not a Harry Potter story per se, and it's in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, but for us, it's, it's just Harry Potter. Well, I'm jealous that you're going to see it tonight. I, I am not able to get out tonight to see it on opening night. I guess technically tomorrow is opening night, but they do everything like a day early now. But right, and it's not even midnight shows anymore. It's like, it's like six p.m. I've, I saw six p.m. Yeah. showing today. Like ours is at ten o'clock. So I mean, which is good for people like me that need to see it and get home, you know. But it, I don't know. I still have that issue of like it takes away the magic of like a midnight show, and you wait for it, you know, and all that. Yeah, maybe I agree. it doesn't matter, but I, I kind of know. agree with you. But at the same time, as I'm getting older, I do kind of appreciate the ability to get home before like 3 a.m., like we used to have to do on midnight showings. So it, it's <clears throat> it's good and bad. But I hopefully will get out to see it tomorrow night, and if not, definitely sometime over the weekend because I am excited about that one. But we have a lot of like. 
people like us who are into multiple franchises, uh, not just Star Wars, and I think a lot of our listeners are probably the same way, you know, are excited about things like Fantastic Beasts. I know there's a new, uh, the, the new Disney movies coming out soon, Moana, and then we Ooh, have, yeah. and, Ooh, then, and then we have Rogue One coming out, you know, all within the next couple months. So I think this within is... Within like weeks of each other, yeah, really. right. I mean, Fantastic Beasts is this Friday. Moana is less than a week after Fantastic Beasts. It comes out this coming Wednesday. And then it's like maybe three-ish weeks or so, and then Rogue One is out. And then it's the end of 2016. It's like 2016 film-wise is going out with a bang. Yes. Because for most of the year, it's kind of sucked. Yeah, a nice honest. a nice run of movies here at the end, and even uh, you know Doctor Strange came out uh, previously, which I, I enjoyed Strange. too. It hurts my brain. <laughs> so, but yeah, <laughs> these you know Fantastic Beasts, Moana, Rogue One, like boom, boom, boom. I'm super excited for all of them. Um, hopefully, they all uh, are as good as I hope they will be. I yeah, fingers crossed, right? Well, if you are listening to this, then you are listening to episode sixty six or sixty six. <sighs> Um. <laughs> yes, that is true. Is this an unlucky episode for us? Ooh, um, I don't know. What does that say about me that I came back for? Yeah, right. For episode sixty-six. <laughs> Hopefully, both of us and, make it through. And this that episode. we're talking about Ahsoka on this episode. Yeah, we'll be talking about Order sixty-six because you know it, it is part of that book. So it's true. a fitting number, I think. Order sixty-six, Star Wars Bookworm sixty-six. Yep, and we have. Kind of something sort of Clone Wars 66-ish to talk about in our news segment. But first up, what's going on with the book club? I know I've been I've been absent from it. And to be completely honest, I haven't even logged into Goodreads in like two months. So, <laughs> Well, you came back to the podcast, so maybe you'll come back to the book club eventually. And you know. You never know. One step at a, at a time. <laughs> Don't yeah. rush me. Baby Don't steps. Me. But no, the book club's going great. We did Ahsoka. Um, and that that went really well. We got a lot of participation in that conversation, so that was exciting to see. And we are going to jump right into Catalyst now that that's been released. So Catalyst yes. just came out on Tuesday as we're recording this. And uh, I haven't set up the the actual you know the forum over there to start talking Catalyst, but that will happen in the next couple of days. So we'll wrap up Ahsoka and we will move on to Catalyst, so we can start talking about that. Yeah, you know, we we always talk, like, you know, kind of beforehand, and the reviewers for this one didn't actually get Catalyst that early. They only got it, like, a day or two early. And I did get mine, so I have it, so I'm good to go. The cover is really, really pretty, and it's very soft. I I noticed the texture of the cover. Is that weird? No, we've talked about that before with the, uh, (laughs) how Disney does theirs, and we were talking about how we like the texture. Oh, yeah, that's right, with Lost Stars. Yeah. So, I, they... They Disney-fied the texture of this cover, in my opinion, and it's very soft, <laughs> and uh, I like it. It's also kind of like, I don't know, there's something about it It's kind of, it's just cool. Maybe I'm really getting excited about Rogue One, because I bought a Rogue One dress when I was at Disneyland with, like, Death Star plans, and now the Catalyst book. I like the color scheme of Rogue One, like the black and the green. I like that. Yeah, for Catalyst's book, you mean? Just Rogue One in general. Oh, Rogue One in general. Yeah, I know. I think the Catalyst, I actually haven't even taken off the dust cover yet. Um, I have the book, but I've been reading it through ebook. So I just kind of left the book on the shelf. Um, so I didn't even realize, you know, that it had the texture or anything like that because I haven't taken the dust cover off yet. 
But no, I think I'm the print the is jacket. in green, right? I'm talking about the jacket, not the actual book book. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I oh. don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I didn't pick up on that. Maybe okay. you just got some weird sticky stuff out of your mailbox. It's not sticky. It feels <laughs> it feels like it's soft. <laughs> well, I have you know to do the a... definition of soft. I do. I do. I'll have to pick it up and see. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't thinking about it. But yeah. I so I'm crazy. <laughs> have you cracked it open yet? Have you read any of it? Any... No, I've just stared at it and gone, ooh. Okay. I don't know if I want to read it. I've, I've. You have to I read think... it. They say it's required reading before the movie. You got to know all the stuff that leads up to the movie. It's like a prequel. I, but, but I know. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Sometimes you just go watch the movie. <laughs> Well, this is this is a story that happens before the movie, so it's not like you're reading the novelization. I don't want anything to be spoiled. It's not going to spoil. It's just going to enhance the experience, I believe is what they say. you got to read it because I, I kind of want us to review it before we go see the movie. Really? Yeah, that way we can like speculate and you know all that stuff. Pressure. Like that is not going to work. It came out on November, what, 16th? No. The mo- We have a whole month until that movie comes out. You can no, read a book I know fast. that, but we but the novel came out on November, whatever, and we don't review until a month after, and that's like when the movie comes out. Well, we We'd can be make breaking an exception. our rule. We'd be breaking our cardinal rule. Well, we're already breaking a rule because we're skipping a book before to to, <laughs> okay, to review Ahsoka. So we're we're breaking all kinds of rules. We'll talk yeah, about it. We'll talk about rebels it. over here. But I have read um, the first few chapters, and I actually am really into it it's really cool it starts out really good i've always been a big fan of james lucino's writing and Mm so i'm excited i am excited about that i think it's gonna be a good one well even though that has come out there's and that's exciting and all but there's something else that's more exciting and usa today reported that darth maul is getting a new star wars comic book what from my boyfriend's back my boyfriend's back friends back or husband, or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where I put all of my does fictional Sith marry, boyfriends. Though? I mean, maybe Maul does. I don't know. I've never, that is one thing that you know we have seen Sith plenty in Star Wars, but I don't think we've ever seen one married. Yeah, but they also hadn't met me yet. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if Darth Maul ever met you, it would just be game over. Game over. Yeah. So he may even new... go light side for you. Ooh, no. That why? would ruin everything. Why would that would ruin all of it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a Darth Maul comic book is being unleashed on Star Wars fans. I'm just going to read this. It says, in the new year, though the fan favorite Sith Apprentice is more leashed than they've ever seen him. Yeah, I, I haven't read all of this. I've just he's read like, the title. He's not unleashed. Yeah. He's leashed. He's, he's leashed. It's going to be written by Cullen Bunn and drawn by Luke Ross, and it's a five-issue Carvel. Carvel. Oh my gosh, Marvel Comics. You've been away too long. I know, Marvel Comics was coming out, Carvel Comics. Marvel Comics miniseries Star Wars Darth Maul to debut in February, and it takes a look at the tattooed villain's younger days before his short-lived appearance in the prequel film, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. On tap for the antagonistic warrior, lots of rage, a need to take revenge against the Jedi, and problems taking orders. The comic finds Maul, an untested warrior, under the training of Darth Sidious, who would later become the Galactic Emperor. It's so funny because this is written for general, general, you know, just general people. And I read that and I'm like, yes, we know who Darth Sidious is. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is told to stand down from engaging with Jedi, yet Maul hunts down the worst of the worst in the cosmic underworld to vent his frustration. I read that and I was like, so are they making a comic of his book? You know, his Legends novel? Because that's kind of what it sounded like. Darth Maul's Shadow Hunter? Shadow Hunter. After learning a young Jedi Padawan named Eldra Cadis has fallen into the hands of a crime lord, Maul seizes an opportunity to test his skills against a real Jedi, but also maybe turn someone else to the dark side. I wouldn't say he's a real Jedi if he's a Padawan, but... Bun is melding versions of the Maul audiences uh, have seen into one. So, from the attack dog mentality of the character played by Ray Park in The Phantom Menace before he was sliced in half, that's good... Um, uh, to the cunning mall scene in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and Rebels animated series. Bun took a lot of inspiration from the big mall fight scene in Phantom Menace between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn and himself, and almost meditatively, and okay, I'm just like, I'm going to stop. Anyway. I was going to say, are you going to read the whole article? No, 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 just that part. That's what I wanted to get to. So, uh, I'm kind of excited. Of course, tell. I'm kind of excited. I'm really excited, actually. Yeah, this is this is a first for Marvel because we we know there's been Darth Maul comic series previously with Dark Horse, and we even have a canon. Canon. Yeah, we have a canon story with him, but it is set you know after his appearance in um, the Clone Wars. So this is the first canon Darth Maul like backstory we're getting. Um, His backstory has been told. I would say maybe not extensively, but it's definitely been. There's a lot of uh, stories that happened before the Phantom Menace in Legends, but this is going to be our first glimpse into the canon version of his story. So it's. Yeah, I would see, say I don't agree. You don't agree? What? <laughs> why don't you agree? This is the first time I don't agree. <laughs> because his legend story is his backstory for me and like that's always going to be his backstory so this is going to be my first challenge with legends and canon because i'm going to read this and be like hmm that's not what shadow hunter says <laughs> so it's uh, it's because it's something you actually care about exactly <laughs> uh, welcome to my world <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm excited about reading more about his backstory i mean i guess we got some backstory information from like the clone wars and we know you know he's from dathomir and you know a knight brother and all that stuff um at least that's his origin mother talzin i think was that's his mom right that that was in canon too i'm forgetting now all the details <laughs> but he's got a brother you know we know some of his backstory um do you remember his brother's name savage Opress. <laughs> um but so this we've gotten glimpses but th- i think this is gonna be kind of the first full-fledged story from pre the phantom menace um so it will be exciting it does sound similar to things we've gotten before with shadow hunter and there was a darth maul like comic mini series mm-hmm. um with dark horse where he kind of goes on this mission to take out the head of the black sun do you remember that one yep yeah so like we've gotten similar stories so it'll be interesting to see if they take it in a different direction or if it's just another story like the ones we've gotten previously True. I'm going to need them to go ahead and just commit to making a Darth Maul novel that can be voiced by Sam Witwer. So if you're listening, people who make things, can you please make that? Thank you. Well, we'll talk about it, but they did get, <laughs> uh, you know, Ahsoka's voice, Ashley Eckstein, to do an audiobook. So I guess it's not out of the uh, the realm of possibility to get Sam Witwer to do something similar. Nope. And I like to pitch ideas. 
So yeah. <laughs> so far, you know, I I did say a while back I, that they should make an Ahsoka book, and they did. So now they should make a Maul book, and um, we're still waiting for uh, what we've pitched on Fangirls Going Rogue a while back now about a book about handmaidens. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, just go all the in. Secret, the a, secret world of handmaidens. Just go all in. We need a, a standalone Darth Maul movie. Oh, you know, you know why, what? Why You're stop right. at a book? So we don't need a Boba Fett movie. <laughs> we need a Maul movie. <laughs> eh. Eh. <laughs> I no. prefer the Boba Fett, but. I, you know, how about both? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be making Star Wars movies for like the next 40 years. So you might as well just give in. Just yeah. They'll get to Maul. They'll get to Maul eventually. They've run out of characters. <laughs> but Who yeah, I'm, backstory on? I'm sure you're a lot more excited about this comic series than I am. I like Maul as a character. I've liked what they've done with him in the Clone Wars and Rebels. And, you know, we're still not even sure where all that's going because it's still kind of an ongoing story in Rebels. Um, did I need a comic series, you know, backstory for him? Probably not, but I'll read it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. I mean, it could be amazing. We'll find out. But it's we won't know until February. Done. <laughs> You're just going to say that even if it's horrible. Uh, yes. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> oh, I'm crying with laughter. Well, we do have a book to review. Do you want to move on to that, or do you have more mall stuff to talk about? I mean, do you want to talk about mall? Because I can. I can talk about him all day, but... Uh, we don't have to. <laughs> so we'll we'll try to do this one like as soon as possible after it passes our month deadline. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we follow all the rules. We'll follow the rules. <laughs> all the rules. <laughs> all right. Well, we do have a book that we want to talk about today. And I sort of pushed for doing this one now because... I have some time to do an episode, and I've already read it, and I sort of skipped Life Debt to read this. So, so this is because of me. So you're welcome, folks. You are getting a earlier than we usually do it book review, about just about a month uh, since it came out. Yeah, Look this at is, us. This is, our, this is like maybe our fastest turnaround time on actually reviewing a book that just came out. Yeah, I don't think people should be surprised. We're massive Ahsoka fans, and we just love, love, love her. And when this book came out, I think we both we both fangirl flailed, even though <laughs> you won't actually physically do one. <laughs> All right, so we're reviewing Ahsoka. We did yes, skip we Life are. Debt, but we're going to come back to it. So the next book review we do, we will do Life Debt, and then we'll be like, We'll be pretty much caught up with the with the novels yeah. at least after we get that one done. Apparently, we're doing Catalyst, and then we'll do like, Catalyst, yeah. and then we'll be right up to date <laughs> with the novels. But um, yes, yeah, so Ahsoka, author E.K. Johnston, release date October eleventh, two thousand sixteen, and this was from Disney Publishing. And do you want me to read the summary? Or do you want to do it? No, no, me, me, me. Okay, you got it. Ahsoka Tano, fan-favorite character from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, will be the star of her own young adult novel from Disney Lucasfilm Press this October 11, 2016. Fans have long wondered what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order near the end of The Clone Wars and before she reappeared as the mysterious rebel operative Fulcrum in Rebels. Finally, her story will begin to be told. Following her experiences with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66, Ahsoka is unsure she can be part of a larger whole ever again. 
but her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to Bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. Woo! Didn't mess it up. Didn't mess it up. Didn't mess it up. So did you... You did the audiobook, right? Si, senor. Okay. I did the audiobook as well. Um, I did... I both read and did the audiobook kind of uh, back and forth. Um, so before we jump into the actual content of the book, I just wanted to get your overall thoughts on the audiobook since that's the way that you listen to the whole thing. Hmm. You first. Me first. Okay. <laughs> This was an interesting one for me because uh, the idea of having Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano, like who we all, you know, love as a voice actress and just as a person, uh, she's a great person, um, to have her voice, it seemed like the perfect fit. You know, when I heard that they were having her do the audiobook, I was really excited about that idea. Um, but after starting to listen to it and I and and hearing her at one of her book signings kind of talk about this. Uh, she she kind of said the way that she approached it was it was almost the Ahsoka telling the story as opposed to her actually trying to do different voices and things like that, which is how it comes across. But it was hard for me um, differentiating between a lot of the characters because of the way she did the audiobook, And I think it really took away from the experience for me um, as I was listening through it. Reading the book, like um, just you know the novel reading it was a much better experience um, rather than the audiobook. Wow, you went there. I was wondering if you would go there. Um, <clears throat> so for me, it was kind of similar-ish. Um, man, I'm not sure how to explain it. Um, I liked being able to hear Ashley you know, talk and, and because I, I do like her voice and I've come accustomed to her voice through her as Ahsoka. But the problem lies with that she, her natural speaking voice is basically Ahsoka. She doesn't have to do a voice for Ahsoka's character. It's just her. So the entire time, it just felt like it was Ahsoka talking the entire time, which I guess is okay. But she didn't do voices very well or I don't even say very well, but it's because she wasn't really trying to do voices that it did make it a little bit difficult to differentiate between all the characters. I would say it took me about halfway through the audiobook before I got in the rhythm of it with her. And also there was partially the production of this audiobook. Usually with star Wars, you've got music and you've got, ship noise and you know other things in the background and sound effects and stuff and this one was very light on all of those and I think I've gotten so used to reading Star Wars books with the audiobooks in in all of the production volume that they put into it that it just it wasn't as like wow this is blowing me away until I got probably about halfway through and I felt really bad about having that opinion and I still do like I actually feel currently bad right now I just said it out loud and it yeah. makes me feel like it, it it physically it physically pains me to say that I love you Ashley so much please don't hate me <laughs> I really do I and you're you're my Ahsoka forever okay I think Ashley did a great job um I yeah just, it, it's, it's just it's different it's when we're used to mm. listening to these guys 
that they do the whole audiobook thing. Like, that's their thing, you know? Yeah. And they do the voices true. and they do them real big. And they have, like you said, even I completely agree with you with the production. Um, the other Star Wars audiobooks I've, I've listened to in the past seem to have a lot more sound effects, a lot more music cues. This one was super light on that. Um, and it was all about just Ahsoka telling a story. And that that works in theory, but for me personally, I just it was hard to follow. Um, but well, I do think know, she did a good job. It just, I don't think she could have done any better. I think, it, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And like, I hate to say, you know, boys versus girls type of thing, but I listened to the audiobook for bloodline and the girl that voiced the audiobook. It took me a while, even with her to get used to her doing the audiobook. And I don't know if it's because my ear is trained for male voices when it comes to audiobooks because the majority of audiobooks are male voices. And these last two, Bloodline and Ahsoka, have been female voices, and it's sort of weird, you know, that, like, just sort of making the observation right now. And what's also interesting, and there's there's a book that I really like, and it's from the Redwall series. It's the very first one of the Redwall books, and which are all about animals and mice, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they do a cast version for their audiobook where each person it's like there's a whole cast of characters so there is like 20 of them and each character is a different person and then there's like the narrator and it's that's really cool I, that i would love to see a star wars audiobook actually done like that yeah they do actually have a few they did that way um like more audio drama style but those are from way back in the 90s um but yeah, I don't want to dwell on the, the audiobook too much. It sounds like we both kind of had a similar opinion. Um, but we're really sorry and we love you. But, <laughs> no, but I, I do think that it was cool to hear, you know, the voice of Ahsoka Tano actually do the the novel. That was cool. I do I do want to say that. Um, I did love that. I love that they went there. I love that they took the risk. And you know what? I, I'm still going to say it. Like, even though, like, our ears are kind of trained differently – I think they really should continue to to try to live in that world and do that. I think they really need to give like James Arnold Taylor a chance to do a book, Sam Witwer, some of these other just amazing voice actors because they make it like they make me want to listen to the audiobooks, you know? Yeah, and even there were certain parts of the book where it was amazing to have her voice yeah. uh, because, you know, the, you can hear the emotion. Like when she was talking about the Jedi Order being gone, mm-hmm. like you could literally hear that she was about to cry. Yeah, and like, you really can. And it wasn't just her putting that on. Like you can tell that Ashley was literally probably about to cry as she was reading that part. And you wouldn't have gotten that from another, you know, another person doing the book. So there was there were key moments. And I will say this. I started listening back through the audiobook kind of just to prepare for this review and the second time through it's a it's a lot different because I already know the story and I kind of already know the characters and so I can focus on different things and it's actually a, a much better experience the second time through um, so I would say you know if for anyone that maybe had the same kind of struggles that you and I had are on their first pass maybe maybe give it another shot and uh, you might have a different opinion yeah and if you've already read the book maybe try the audiobook and yeah. and you know we've at least some like my other shows the main thing that drives how they decide to do things is whether or not we'll spend the money on it and if you want to see more voice actors really getting a chance to do something like this you've got to spend the money and you've got to buy it 
because that will show them, hey, they want this. And Ahsoka was number one on, I forget what list, for like a couple weeks. For the audiobook or for just the book? No, for just in general. Yeah, New York was, Times bestseller. It was it went right to the top, I think. Yeah, so that's that's saying something in and of itself. I mean, it was to the point that I heard of people that were going to bookstores and they couldn't get it. That like the Barnes and Nobles or whatever, they were out. Which is like, when is a Star Wars book ever sold out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people were super excited for this book. You know, even going to her, the signing that they did in New York City... Um, I mean, it was packed. Like, you know, they had chairs set up, you know, a certain area of the Barnes and Noble, but, you know, it was standing room only. And then the, the line for the signing afterwards literally lasted for like a couple hours of mm-hmm. her sitting there and signing everybody's book. So everyone was really excited for this book. The character, I mean, there's no doubt that this character has transcended, you know, where she started out with the fandom. You know, this the character of Ahsoka is now a fan favorite, like they said in the summary here. I, I I think that's true. I think she is a fan favorite. She's she's right up there, especially with the younger generation. She's right up there with the rest of the, you know, kind of the cast that we know from Star Wars. Yeah, I wish we could. It sounds so weird, but I wish we could get, like, an interaction between Ahsoka and Luke, you know. It was like Ahsoka, Ahsoka was around at a time, you know, when she really knew his father and everything. And, like, I'm just kind of like, man... She could be his mentor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, timeline-wise, it could happen. Why not? Well, we well, we don't know that. I mean, he's basically Ezra's age, and she met Ezra. Well, yeah, but Ahsoka is not, like, really alive anymore. Yeah, but she's in this kind of weird spirit world, probably, and maybe she could, like, show herself through, like, kind of like Qui-Gon did, you know? Maybe there's a certain place that he could go that's strong in the forest and she can appear there. I mean, it's not impossible. They can well, figure it out. Nothing ever is because people who get cut in half come back as spiders and then robots. So Yeah, nothing is impossible. I did. I just Googled <laughs> it just to make sure we, were, we weren't wrong about this. And, she, and Ahsoka did go number one on the New York Times bestseller list. That's pretty good. Okay, good. So why don't you talk about the opening with Maul since you love him so much? <laughs> I do. I, I, Maul is cool. He's a cool character. I don't love him the way you love him, but um, the opening of this book is really cool because, you know, we've gotten some, some information about kind of how the, the Clone Wars series was supposed to continue, and we know it ended before its time, but there were some stories that they were already planning, and one of those stories was this, this whole idea that Ahsoka was going to rejoin not officially rejoin the Jedi Order, but help them out in this battle on Mandalore, um, right kind of right leading right into Episode 3, where Obi-Wan and Anakin get pulled away from the battle because they have to go back to Coruscant, you know, where Episode 3 starts. And so it's really cool to kind of actually see some of that event right at the beginning of this book. Um, and part, you know, in my opinion, maybe one of the best parts of the entire novel, and it ended way too short. It was it was a very short entry, or very short introduction in the book with Maul fighting Ahsoka, and then it kind of just ends. Yeah, you know, I love that part. Although it threw me off because I wasn't expecting to go there, and so so then we went there, and I'm like, oh, what? So I had to I actually had to re-listen to that part a couple times so that I could get my head in the right place to to understand 
what we were talking about. And also, can I just say, that was actually one of my favorite parts as far as voices go, because she did kind of a Darth Maul voice. She tried, yeah. <laughs> she really tried. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. It was Ventress-esque. <laughs> it, was, it was very Ventress-esque, I agree. And it really was so short, and I wish it would have been longer. I... I really liked that part of the story and it was cool to get the interactions between Maul and Ahsoka and how he called her all kinds of all kinds of sort of like not outright derogatory but derogatory names. She kind of went right back at him, you know. He he's yeah. like, "Well, you're not a real Jedi." And she's like, "Well, you're only half a Sith, you know." <laughs> so, so there was some good little jabs there from both of them. <laughs> Nearly half a Sith. Badoonch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, and I think there, for people that weren't aware maybe of some of the, the interviews with Filoni and the presentations they had at Celebration and some of the information that kind of fills out what was going on in that story, I could see people reading that and being like, what, what is happening? Like, what is going on here? And why don't I have a book about this? You know, it seems like that story alone, the, the whole Battle of Mandalore, that happens right before episode three, that could be a whole novel in and of itself, and maybe it will be eventually. I mean, how awesome would that be? That would be amazing. Yes. And I think it it, it probably hurt a little bit for me as I'm reading the book because it started out with that, which was all, I was all in. Like, I'm like, all right, this is a, this is book is going to be amazing. And then it, it really changed pace, like Very, abruptly. Yes. And it was like, yeah. And then it took a while to kind of pick back up, and it, it probably hurt a little bit for me as a reader um, to have that that abrupt change of pace like that. I don't know. It if you took felt a little. Well, yeah, it, it took a little of. I don't know. Like I said, I had to re-listen to that part a couple times, but it definitely did take a little bit. And I will say, the first part of the book, I had to. I had to kind of push through a little bit and like I hate to say that because uh, I'm so excited about E.K. Johnston writing and having a female writer and like all this stuff and I and I ask for those things and then they give us those things and then I hate to not love what they've done but it really did take probably the first three or four chapters before I was really invested in the story and it wasn't really until closer to the end that I felt myself really attaching to all the other characters outside of Ahsoka. It took a long time. And I can say, though, I did really like the way she wrote Bale. I really liked the way that she wrote, you know, the beginnings of the rebellion. And, you know, but it just, there was something about it. And, you know, I think it kind of goes back to they were billing it as a young adult novel. And I think when we think of young adult, we think about we think about lost stars in the Star Wars universe because that's really all we have. And when I think young adult, I think something you know more adult with you know more complex content in it and a lot of conflict and sort of drama and things like that with complex characters. This should not have been billed as a young adult novel. It should have been billed as a young reader. Or junior because, novel, maybe. Or junior novel, because 
it was like that. Like for me, it reminded me of the servants of the empire series and like, it should have just been done like that. Like with, but without the grid pages. (laughs) Random (laughs) reference. Yeah. They, I actually completely agree with you. I was going to bring this up and I'm glad you did that. It felt to me very similar to servants of the empire, um, in kind of that junior novel level. Um, as I was reading through it, I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this, this just feels like something like Servants of the Empire. And I, and maybe comparing it to Lost Stars isn't fair, but Lost Stars did feel much more written more toward a higher level reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they both are published by the same publishing company and both build as YA, I kind of expected a, the same type of story. Um, and it didn't, it didn't have that feel for me. You know, it makes me wonder what the restraints were on the story and where the restraints came from. Like if it came from Filoni or whatever, and if they were like, you know, you can write about this, but not that. And you can portray it in this way, but not that. Because when they were developing this, Ahsoka was still on Rebels. She hadn't gone into the water, water, whatever, red water place um, that she has now. So... I don't. I, I. It makes me wonder. I always wonder that when we're reading these books, especially now with everything being in canon and stuff, is like, what are they told? <laughs> you know. Well, and I can understand too if they because this because Ahsoka is a character born out of the Clone Wars and continued on into Rebels, and those shows are, you know, for lack of a better word, they're children's shows. Um, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, we watch them. We're adults. We watch them, but they are. They're you know the, the audience. We're not the main audience. We're not supposed Star to be. Star Scavengers is a kid's show. <laughs> that is definitely a kid's show. I love that show. You should watch it. Love, I um, do watch it. <laughs> Star Scavengers is a podcast, but Lego Freemaker Adventures. Oh, what Adventures am I talking about? You're is... right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just like I have I have officially mushed your podcast with uh, the Freemaker Adventures. Yeah, me and Jonah make that mistake all the time too. Um, but yeah, so. But yes, I think that there may have been some things with this novel where they wanted it to reach the same audience. So they wanted to keep it on a, you know, kind of more of the the lower. I hate, it's just, I don't like to call it like lower level or children's level, but it's just, it's it's aimed for a younger audience. Totally. Yeah. And even the, you know, Ahsoka at this time, she's still young. You know, she's not, It's you're not getting the 30 year old or 30 plus year old character that you're getting in Rebels. You know, she's still... Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how old she is in this. So so it's a year after Order 66. So um, when she leaves... So, okay, when she leaves the Jedi Order, she's how old? I always... And I, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I, I seem to remember she was either 16 or 17 when she left. I'm thinking 17. I think when she started out, she was 15. She's such a baby. So even so, she's maybe eighteen in this book. Okay, well that's gonna you know be my guess, should, and somebody can prove consult. me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we should consult Wikipedia. Wikipedia is um, not I don't, always I don't, great about telling ages. That's true. I don't know if it's gonna tell us what we need to know here. Um, but yeah, I, if anybody does know, that would be like, super helpful. But okay, so let's say let's say she was seventeen. When she left the Jedi Order, that was how long before Order sixty six? I probably a matter of months. Hmm. 
Hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's 18 in this book. And then somebody can write us and tell us that we're wrong. 18 or 19, maybe? Yeah, 18 or 19. So. And then by the time we see her in Rebel, she's like 30. One, two-ish. Because she's she's relatively close to Ashley's age. And I believe Ashley's like 33 or 34. Um, so she's in her 30s, early 30s. So we're looking at, between the, this story and when we see her in Rebels, we're looking at, you know, a 10 plus year time period. Sounds about right. Wow. She grew up so much. It's crazy <laughs> because I don't think about that stuff when I'm reading, and so I'm thinking about it now, and I'm thinking about the Ahsoka that's in this book, and then the Ahsoka we see in Rebels, and you're right. There is a massive amount of maturity that happens in this book alone mm -hmm. that she goes through. I mean, she matures in this book so fast. And she does it all really by herself. I mean, all of her inner dialogue conversations and her trying to figure out how she thinks and how she feels and her meditation and her struggle, her inner struggle with herself is one of the most powerful parts of this book. Because she's having some major, major problems. Well, she's gone through her so identification. much. Yeah. You know, with losing, losing her best friend, you know, in, a, in Anakin. And then pretty much anyone that she called a friend is gone now. Mm -hmm. And she's just coming off of major events like, you know, right before she left the Order, she had the betrayal of Barriss. And then she got kicked, basically, you know, the, got kind of kicked out of the Jedi Order in a way until they realized she was innocent. And then Order 66 happened, and now she's, you know, off by herself. And, yeah, so she's she's had all these really traumatic events, and even the events of this novel and things that happen in this book, you know, are pretty traumatic as well for her. So, yeah, she's for, she's having to go through a lot for a, for an older teenager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So when we look at this, there's some major characters that she meets, and one of them is Caden Larty. So I kind of want to talk about her. You know what's interesting is because I've only audiobooked this, I don't know how any of these names are spelled. And the way that Caden is actually spelled is not how I pictured it in my head. Because <laughs> I have a student named Caden, and it's C-A-D-E-N. So yeah. I kind of like that it's K-A-E-D-E-N. I actually like that name now. There's a, yeah. There's a, that's one of those names that there's so many different ways to spell it. Uh, I always, I thought the, the planet name uh, Rayada, is that how they said it in the, in the audio Rayada. 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 Like when I saw that spelled out, I was like, "Oh, I would never would have thought that's." that's See, how you if say I it. had just read that, I would have called it Rada. Yeah, or Rada. <laughs> yeah, but Rayada. Rayada. There, I feel like there should be an e in there. Yeah. Rayada, <laughs> and then some of the other ones like Thabesca. On in the audiobook, it sounded like she was saying Pabesca. <laughs> but it's Thabesca. Or the family with the unfortunate the last name of the forties. Yeah, I know that was the word. <laughs> Every time I, it looks fine when you read it, like F A R D I S. But yeah, every time, on, every time in the audiobook, I was like, "That's an unfortunate name for an audiobook." <laughs> yes, it is. You know, that's so funny that I love being able to compare that stuff because when she said that the first time, I was like, "Did she really just say the farties?" <laughs> the farties, yeah. The farties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're such children. Um, but yeah, they. <laughs> who are we talking sorry. about? It's funny. We're talking about Caden, right? 
she's she's kind of the main i'd say the main character of the book other than ahsoka she's the the other focal character um very interesting character um who also went through a lot of tragedy really in this i mean she had to see you know we we saw similar events in um servants of the empire but kind of watching a planet get destroyed by the empire but not in a way where the empire just comes and blows it up they actually come in and just ruin the environment of the planet it's almost worse. Yeah. It's like hey, we're going to leave your planet intact, but we're going to make it impossible for you to ever really enjoy living here ever again. Right. No feet for you. So Caden is, uh, she gets, I believe she gets captured, right? She she does. So, you know, a lot of this is, is built, the story is really built on Ahsoka and the relationships that she's making and that she really is a nice personable person that can easily make friends but she has her guard up and the guard that she has up is known as Ashla which is such an interesting name to use considering we got when Rebels started for season three we've got um the Bindu and we have talk about the Ashla and the and the whatever the Bogan the Bogan and like you know, it's like, oh, so why did she pick Ashla on purpose? Like, what are we talking about here? How how spiritual are we getting with the name that she picked? Or, like, was that even a thought? I, you know, it, and I thought about that, and I was like, hmm. I, but, I kind of, I wondered the same thing because it almost seems like a bad choice of a name for her. Mm-hmm. It, depending on how well-known the Jedi philosophy is, like, you know, Ashla and Bogan and things like that, like, why would you pick a name that's actually associated to something you're trying to hide? Correct. But maybe she, maybe it is something that's just not well known, and she knew no one would knew what it means, or maybe she didn't even know what it means. I don't know, but it did seem like an interesting, uh, maybe bad choice for an undercover name. Yeah. Well, you know the the so Caden is this character that she meets, and Caden is kind of like your typical bubbly teenager that is just ready to meet you, ready to make friends, ready to just you know like. Like, who are you? You're new. You're new to our planet. How are you? What do you do? Can, can, you know, can I be your friend? And I feel that's the impression I got from her. And, you know, we really got to meet a really cool cast of characters. We got to meet another, um, oh, my gosh. Tegruta. Thank you. And whose name escapes me right this second. But we got to meet another Tegruta. And it was very interesting because their connection, even though they don't know each other at all, there must not be a lot of Tegrudas anymore. And so they have this kind of instant almost trust connection in the in their eyes, the way they they you know look at each other and it's almost like they can read each other and it kind of makes me feel like so I've been watching Supergirl and there's, you know, the green Martians on Supergirl and stuff, and that they can like look at each other and like connect and like have a mind bond. And I kind of feel like they did that sort of but not that dramatic (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know i really liked that i i loved the like the interactions between her and him whose name escapes me at the current moment yeah there were there were a few characters that kind of blended together for me and i kind of lost track of like which name went with which character and that was one that there were a couple guys there were a couple characters that were playing similar roles i guess and i i couldn't remember what his name was either i'm just i it's been a little bit since i read it i mean i would know it if i 
if I heard it. I'm actually kind of looking for it right at this current moment. But there was also something very interesting in this book, and I know we're not really doing a chronological review per se, but like um, I, I'm more just hitting on things that really stuck out to me. The, the way that she recognized, because we do have an inquisitor here. We have the sixth brother, and she recognizes that they're trying to go after young force users or wielders. And there's the little girl, the little farty girl that is a little baby potential Jedi, like would have been picked up to be a Jedi. And she feels very protective of her. And I love the scene where she goes back to Thabeska to check on her and make sure she's okay. And she, not outright warns her father, but enough to say, hey, you need to watch her. Um, and the dad gets it, that there's something about her that he needs to be aware of that they might come after her. And the little girl's just so cute. And she's like, there's a shadow. And then the shadow left, you know, and sneaks into Ahsoka's room to talk at night. And it's just so cute. Yeah, and it's it's sad to think because you know what's coming with the Empire and, you know, them pretty much wiping out the Jedi. You know, they have the Inquisitors hunting them down either to try to turn them or kill them. And so the future for this girl is pretty bleak, um, you know, unless somebody from the Rebellion could come along and kind of, you know, bring her into the fold. But it doesn't seem like too many of these Force wielders did get brought into the, the fold when it comes to the Rebellion. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it is kind of sad, you know, Ahsoka couldn't really do much for her. Other well, I mean, than cause she had to be, moment. she had to be very careful not to, not to make herself vulnerable. You know, I mean, she was running major risks by coming out as a Jedi. And when she came out on Raeda as a Jedi to the empire, I'm like, holding, cause she, just like unleash like pent up force power you know to where she like I in my head the way I saw it is she like basically just stretched her hands out and then like just squeezed her hands and like collapsed the whole imperial base <laughs> <laughs> I was like ah! but I, I love that about her I love that she did that you know that she yeah. you know put herself in danger and revealed herself as a Jedi to help other people and you know it's something similar to what Kanan does in in Rebels, you know that that kind of epic scene in the the beginning of Rebels where he stands up and puts his lightsaber together, and suddenly everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, he's a Jedi!" You know that I love seeing that because it always bothered me that you know Yoda and Obi Wan kind of went into hiding and and kind of let the galaxy go to crap for a while. It's it's good to see that not all Jedi did that, and I know they had a strategy behind it, but you know it's good to see that some of these Jedi you know put themselves at risk and stood up for people. Yeah, you know, I, I really love that. And, you know, the probably the biggest part of this, the big, and it, it sounds so superficial, but the, the biggest part of this book for me was the way that she got her new lightsabers. And when it started off and she was just kind of collecting these random scrap pieces and she didn't know why they really meant anything to her, but she was just kind of collecting them, it didn't dawn on me till closer to... She was like thinking about lightsabers or thinking about something, and I was like, "Those are your lightsabers in your little bag. 
that's them. Like, they're in there. And, like, she hadn't made the connection yet, but I was, like, screaming at him in my car. I'm like, those are him. That's it. That's it. And then she starts thinking about, you know, going and getting kyber crystals for in her lightsabers and everything. And this is after she meets Bale and she knows what she needs to do. And she can't get them the regular way. And I'm like, what are you going to do? How do you, how then? And then when she has that fight with the sixth brother and kills him and takes her, takes the crystals and suddenly they, it's almost like they purify, like she, she took them and cleansed them of their, of their blood, you know, and they turn white. I was like, oh my God, that gave me chills. Yeah, that's. The lightsaber part was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's such a standout moment in the book. And it, for me, just as a kind of a Star Wars geek in general, just to get kind of that that information about kyber crystals and how that goes down. I mean, she, she's adding to the canon here in just how that stuff works. You know, we've never heard the idea of a lightsaber crystal bleeding and that's why you know the sith bend it to their will and they literally make them bleed um and that's why the sith lightsabers are red you know that's and, that's new information we'd never heard that before but didn't that information did you think about that related to kylo ren because i did and i'm like oh wow that makes so much more sense because kylo's so volatile and he so does not have his crap together to be a fully refined sith that Whatever he did, he's bent these crystals and broken them. Like, they have bled to the point of breaking and they're fractured. Right, you know? they're and not so even just bleeding. They're, they're like, they're just they're completely like, destroyed almost. Yeah, and that's why his lightsaber's all, you know, jaggedy. Yeah, it's it is it makes me look completely differently at the lightsaber and the connection to the the Force user and how they find them and you know i don't know how consistent it's going to be across all of canon because it seems like these type of things could be tricky for them to keep consistent but you know looking back at the you know like ahsoka for example how many lightsaber crystals have have chosen her now she's had she had her original lightsaber Mm -hmm. then she had two lightsabers and now she has two more so like has she had five different lightsaber crystals i mean she's like no 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 her one her she had her original lightsaber and then she went and got another one so it's only been two because she had her original lightsaber and then she got the the show to like the little one shorter one okay so she just added to to her original okay so yeah and they talk about that in this book Yes, so she they talked about in this book that she went and um, went once and then went another time to get another one. And then, you know, this one was two. And then she um, went with the kids, right, to go to Ilum as well. Well, she's been there, but she didn't, she, she didn't get another crystal herself. Right, 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 right. But, you know, it's... You know, it was interesting because she described it as a song, like, for her. Like, that she knows they're near because they sing to her. Like, there's a there's an actual song that she can sing and feel um, and she can hear when the crystals are near her. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's very interesting because they have stayed consistent with the idea that when they find the lightsaber crystals that they're clear. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's been pretty consistent. And then, you know, I guess once you find it, that's when it kind of decides what color it's going to be. Um, yes, Paul, Pablo, Pablo actually answered that question on Twitter for me because I was wondering that. And he said that they're colorless until they meld with the Jedi that 
that they belong to. And then it's at that point that they, the crystals decide on their color. And so in this instance, they were white. It's almost like they're sorting. They're being sorted. I, you know what? And I'm in the process of, I've been in the process of writing this article for about six months, comparing the difference between a Kyber crystal and, you know, it kind of choosing the Jedi and the wand choosing the wizard. Hmm. Because it seems so similar to me. So I'm going to be, I, hopefully I can finish that up sometime soon. But like, that has been like a big, you know, like if I'm having any thoughts about anything very deep, <laughs> I think about that. <laughs> so do you think when, when the lightsaber crystal turns yellow, that the the Jedi is like, oh man, I don't want to be a Jedi temple guard. <laughs> well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the job they're going to have. That's the only yellow lightsabers that are out there. Well, you know, I mean, like, I feel like if I found a kyber crystal, that it's going to turn, like, a cool iridescent color. Nah, yours would turn red. No. <laughs> I'm not an evil person. You've said I before just you like want to be a things. Sith. I'm not, I'm not, okay, like, let's be realistic. I'm not going to be a Sith. I'm not an evil person. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I really do think, like, mine would be kind of like an iridescent because I sort of float around in that world of, like, not really just one thing or another, you know? I'm, well, I, like, I think... I'm like, sort of shimmery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they should have a website. You know how they have Pottermore where you, yes, get, you like can get Pottermore? sorted? They should have a website for Star Wars. Free ideas here, StarWars.com, but you should have a part of their website where you can go and find your crystal and then it like, you know, it joins with you and then it chooses its color and all that. That would be cool. That would be cool. And they could base it on a whole questionnaire like they do with Pottermore. And if you, if you have all these like really dark side answers, then it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're whatever the word is, you know, you're making it bleed. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, but I think I just, I thought the whole lightsaber stuff was very interesting. I'm really curious to see where they go with that. If it ties into you know things that we see in the films or even in Rebels, um, and also we know that the Death Star, you know the the focusing crystals for that are Kyber crystals as well. And so you have this whole, you know, she goes to the planet um, Ilum and it's been pretty much destroyed because the Empire's oh, come and mined that it. Made me, that made me sad. And so I'm like, oh wow, is this like going to tie in, you know, with Catalyst? Maybe I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, as I read through Catalyst, maybe the Empire, you know, decides, hey, let's go and, uh, you know, mine this planet that we know is rich with Kyber crystals and use that for the Death Star. So we'll see. Yeah, and so did the part where they really talk about like what happened with Rex? Did that sort of blow your mind a little bit? Yeah, I mean it. It did, I wouldn't say blow my mind, but it was a really interesting part. Now, I'll say this as far as, I guess we can call them interludes, like they like we've had in like uh, Aftermath and stuff. These were different. These were interesting because they seemed kind of disconnected from the story, where it just kind of jumped back in time without any warning or any indication of what you're reading. And, and you kind of figured it out as you started reading through it. But when I first started reading the thing about the grave... I was a little confused because <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? Did we? And then I realized it was a, you know, it was telling us something that happened previously. Um, but yeah, that was a very interesting and cool way for those two characters to make everybody think they're both dead, uh, yet they're both still alive. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I mean, I don't really need to go in depth on it, but I just thought it was pretty cool. And I really liked Bail Organa's role in this, and I liked, you know, sort of seeing what he was going through as he was trying to build some of the stuff. And then when he sends his two agents out to go and get her, I was like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> You're going to send two people, she has no idea who they are, and not tell them who she is and send them out to get her? And so when they ended up, you know, like knocked out and put in the cargo bay of their own ship and all this stuff, I was like, well, what did you expect, really? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, that was easy. Cause she's like, boom, bye-bye. I like how she just kept kind of just showing up, you know, going through all his security and just showing up in his office. That's great. You know, that, was, that, was, that was pretty funny. There were, there were some good moments between those two characters. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the book as well with Bale being there and him just their conversations, you know, every time they, they ended up meeting um, were really well written. And, you know, she got to see R2 again. That was... was that was an awesome scene. And he just, like, folds and, like, tells her pretty much everything. <laughs> we even got <laughs> <Okay>. a... <laughs> there was, like, a Leia, kind of a Leia cameo, baby Leia, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely some, some really, really good moments in this one. Yeah, and, you know, one of the favorite lines, and I don't even remember exactly word for word, but when Bale figures out that R2 gave her, like, everything she needed and, like, told her all the stuff, he was like, you little sneaky droid. <laughs> and he's, and he, I, it almost felt like a chopper moment because he was like, ha ha. <laughs> did he say something about, like, maybe we should have wiped your memory or something? Or, yeah, I think I'm, he I might did. be imagining that. but I think he did. Yeah. But um, it just, oh, I love R2. It was just good to see all the characters. Like, it still, it still, it was weird because it felt like a really good mush of Rebels and Clone Wars. Like, I could, I could feel it, which was neat. Yeah. And I could have, I could have used more of that, I think. You know, yeah. more of, more of her recruitment into the rebellion and. Maybe even, like I said, more of the thing that happened at Mandalore, you know, more of her interaction with Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, characters that I know. The story that it ended up being about the farm, you know, the farmers and their planet and all that, it actually kind of reminded me of the novel Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And it was almost too similar sometimes. And it seemed kind of slow and drawn out. Um, so, so that's kind of where I was with the novel. Even as I finished it, I was like, you know, there's some really awesome moments, really high points. But then there was some drawn out stuff that I just was kind of plodding along that I was like, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. I feel like it was essential in order for Ahsoka to figure out herself and for her to be able to come to become Fulcrum. Essentially, the story tells about her journey to becoming Fulcrum and how she got there mentally because it was going to be a process so we got to see that process but i could also see how this could be could have been a series like servants of the empire that takes place over like this 10 year period of time where we can get more in depth about her as fulcrum and about her role in the rebellion and about all this stuff and like i would love that yeah and i think there's there's a possibility because of the popularity, you know, like we said, this hit number one on New York Times seller list. It's gotten, I think generally it's been getting really good reviews. Um, I think there's a very good possibility we'll get another one, you know, another Ahsoka novel. And maybe this even turns into a trilogy, um, which I would welcome. You know, this, this, you know, I'm going to be honest, this wasn't my favorite of the new novels. It's probably not even in my top five. 
but I like where it could go. And I'm excited mm-hmm. about, you know, that now that they have kind of gotten her into the rebellion, I mean, there's a long period of time that's going to happen between now and where we see her in Rebels. So a lot of stuff can happen. Uh, so I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, you know, like I would agree with you. Like it, it's not my, it's not one of my absolute favorites, but it definitely, it was, it was still really good. And once I was able to wrap my head around what they were doing, and once I was able to sort of, I guess maybe play down my expectations and just sort of go with what they were giving me, it was a lot easier, and I enjoyed it more. And I think upon a reread, I'm going to really enjoy it even more. And I would love to see more, and I would love to see E.K. Johnson's writing style with Star Wars to develop and to continue to grow, and I would love that. Uh, but, you know, I I think that overall, like, it was it was a pretty, it was well done. Um, but this is a book that if you don't know anything about Ahsoka, you're going to be so lost. Like, you have to know her in order to be able to read this. This isn't something you can just pick up and read. Like, you, you can't just, like, pick up one of these. There are some that have come out in the canon that you can, but this this is not one of them. Yeah, this is uh, this is a fan. This is a book for Ahsoka fans. Mm-hmm. You know, you you you're gonna want to know her history. You know, so if you've never watched the Clone Wars, if you you know not familiar with the character, you might want to you know watch a couple seasons of that before you jump into this novel. For sure. Well, do we need? Do we are we missing anything? No, I think we hit most of the the big points of the story. I mean, um, you know, there was the appearance of the Black Sun agent, which was kind of random. Kinda weird. You know, he just kind of came out of nowhere. I thought maybe there was going to be a connection to to more with that, but it didn't really turn out. Um, but yeah, I think that that was the only thing we really didn't hit. But for the most part, I think we got it all. Mm-hmm. Well, we will be back, and the things that we have in our sights for the next few episodes are going to be Life Debt and the Chewbacca comic volume. So depending on how things go for me, uh, I may be here for some of the comic stuff, but I'll definitely be here for any novel that we do. So I'll be, you know, getting to interact with you guys. And I'm going to try and make a concerted effort to be in the book club for a catalyst. So that way, you know, people do know that I am alive and still a part of the show. Um, but I do want to shout out or give a shout out to everybody that has joined on the show with Aaron to sort of help keep bookworms going and i can't wait to really be back full time um we've got celebration coming up and a bunch of stuff too so i can't wait and uh but this is good and i'll definitely be back for life debt well i was happy to have you back Yay. definitely uh the show is not complete without you oh well thank you i mean I love doing I love doing bookworms. It's one of my favorite things to do, and you know, to really get to talk through these books because I don't really get to do that very often. So, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to make sure. See, here's my issue: is that I need to read Life Debt, but now you're putting you put catalyst pressure on me, so Life Debt <laughs> may get pushed back again just a little bit, so that way we can get through Catalyst and you know, with Rogue One coming up. But that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. Life Debt will wait. You know, that, that one's not going anywhere, but we have Rogue One coming out. We kind of, that's a little more time sensitive to get that book, I think, reviewed. For sure. Well, in between now and then, you can find us on Twitter. We are at SWBookworms, and you can email us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com, and we will get your emails on the show, uh, most likely when I'm back. <laughs> we might have a couple in the queue that we need to catch up on. 
You can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. We're on iTunes. If you haven't left us a review yet and you listen to our show and you like our show, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Um, you can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at IceholdPenguin. And you can find me at A.V. Goins. So until next time, keep on reading and may the force be with you.